0: So dear God, uh, this morning I am reminded that in the book of Beginnings, in the book of Genesis, it says on the seventh day you rested, you took a break and looked back and saw all that you had done and celebrated that. You said to yourself, not bad, and you rejoiced over all that you had done. God, in our culture and our time and place, it's just so hard to celebrate. We go from one thing, from one thing, to the next, to the next, and learning to take a break and to celebrate that which we have done is difficult for us. But this morning, we pray you would help us celebrate, uh, not just our dear T.G., but, but some of the other things that we've been trying to work at in participation with your Spirit. God, we are so grateful for the privilege uh, to try to work in harmony with you to make life in this community at, at this time a little better. So we pray that you would continue to help us do that and that you would remind us to stop and breathe and look over all that we're trying to do together with you and that we would have moments of celebration. We thank you for your grace and for your belief in us. And it's in these, it's these things we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So this morning, uh, to talk about these two texts, uh, I'm only going to be able to do that in a cursory way. If you would like to have a deeper dive into the text that we're sharing from each Sunday. Uh, My colleague and dear friend Jim Stumbo is leading at 9 o'clock a a deeper reflection into the texts of the Sundays of Advent. So you're welcome to come here if you can. At 9, that's downstairs to do that. But the two things I would like to bring forward this morning, uh, I know it says the title for this reflection is the Way of Transition, it might be better titled The Way of, uh, or Transformation I mean, but it might be better t- titled The Way of Transitions and Transformation. So this first reading that Marcia brought to us from Paul's letter to his friends in Rome highlights several ways that Paul was anxious for the Roman community uh, to live out together. He wanted them to be in harmony with one another and that they would be together and that they would welcome one another in this way to help make the invisible God visible, as I've been referencing these last few weeks. That how we treat each other really does impact the way the community considers this concept or idea of the being we name God. They look at us. If, if we're mean to each other, if, if we grumble, complain, and not nice, that's a reflection on the God we're trying to make visible. And Paul was aware of that. And so he, he wrote to his friends and said, live in harmony, be nice to each other, welcome one another together. And I think that's a great, uh, a great admonishment that we're trying in our own way to live out here and now. So for example, uh, the Reverend Dr. Karen McClintock is going to lead us in uh, a process in this transitional time called listening posts, and you probably got an email about that this week, and there's an opportunity to sign up for some of those in the back uh, this morning. And so what they are is they're going to just be a small group where uh, Karen will be the facilitator and ask six provocative questions about who we are and why we are and where we are and where we might want to go. And the purpose of these listening posts is not to shame or blame anybody or even to complain about things, but to, to, to help us tune into the reality of who we are as a faith community at this time. And to begin the process of uh, the transition to our settled pastor that in two years, hopefully, we'll be able to call so that they will have a clear idea of who we are, what we're about, and what the reality of us as a faith community is. That's all this is for. And I have been reading, in preparation to become the interim pastor here, I started reading a book. It's considered a classic in the business world by a, a man named William Bridges, and it's called, simply called Transitions. And in this book, uh, Bridges identify, and it's been around for 40 years, and people have used it with great success. And it's for personal transitions as well as corporate transitions. And in the book, he identifies three specific uh, aspects of any, of any transition. The first, he says, there's an ending. Something ends, which is the beginning of a transition. And then the second part is what he calls the neutral zone. And it seems to be a time where hardly anything is going on at all. But it's an important time of things settling down and focusing in. And then that's followed by the third, which is the new beginning itself. And for Bridges, in his work, what he's learned is that to begin a transition, there really needs to be a definitive and a resolution to the ending, and that's what uh, Dr. McClintock is going to try to lead us into, or work to lead us into, is to really bring some closure to the ending of the period of our previous pastor, who was here for five years, and to really uh, celebrate and look at the reality of, of what that has been for us, and so to do that with kindness and with charity, but to help us clue into the reality of who we are now. And the next couple of year period while I'm here is that neutral zone where it looks like nothing will be going on. And I thought, well, I'm perfect for that. I can make make it look like nothing is going on really well. I can do that to help us get ready for the call of a permanent or settled pastor. But that neutral zone time is is an important time, I call it a time of cocooning, of making a, a verb from a noun, but in a cocoon, a caterpillar goes into this safe, dark place, and it looks from the outside like nothing's going on, but after the right time, the butterfly emerges, and it's like building, a, rebuilding a foundation, when you're building a foundation, it looks like nothing's going on, and it takes forever, but then once the foundation's done in no time, you know, the building emerges on top of it. And so that's what the next couple of years will be. But it's important to give closure and to really explore the ending. And that's what these listening posts will be. So we really, we would really like everyone to participate. And they will be small groups, as I say, facilitated by Karen. So if you would respond to the email or sign up in the back, Karen's actually here this morning, so you can ask questions if you would like. But that's what's that's going to be for our time of transition. Now, as we do that, I have it just so happens I've been reading uh, a Buddhist book in this time uh, by Thich Nhat Hanh, who is a wonderful Buddhist teacher. And uh, he, in the book, highlighted one of the five wonderful precepts of Buddhism, which I think is exactly in line with what Paul wrote to his friends in Rome, 2,000 years ago. If Paul and Thich Han could sit down for lunch, they would probably say something like, Right on, brother, I'm with you. We're on the same page. <laughs> and here's what Thich Han wrote uh, in his book, The Living Buddha, Living Christ. He says, one of these five wonderful precepts is this. Aware of the suffering caused by unmindful speech and the inability to listen to others, We vow to cultivate loving speech and deep listening in order to bring joy and happiness to others and to relieve others of their sufferings. Knowing that words can create happiness or suffering, we vow to learn to speak truthfully with words that inspire self-confidence, joy, and hope. We're determined not to spread news that we do not know to be certain, and not to criticize or condemn things which we are not sure are true. We will refrain from muttering words that can cause division or discord, or that can cause the family or the community to break. We will make all efforts to reconcile and resolve all conflicts, however small. And that's the purpose of what we're trying to do here, to speak our truth, to speak our voice, and to do it with kindness. And so we humbly ask that you would participate to the best of your ability to help us all grow in this work of reconciliation, which in your bulletins, or I know in the slide they put for the Zoom service at nine, it's one of the three focuses, foci, of our church, is to be a people of reconciliation and to be a people of transformation and to be equipping each other as we do that. Which brings me to my second point and the reading of John the Baptist that Marcia so passionately read for us as a way of transformation. Now, John the Baptist came, and he was upset in this text, as you could imagine. I mean, you brood of viper. You know, if you're a preacher trying to build a congregation, it's not helpful to stand up and scream at everybody, you brood of vipers, who told you to come here? That's not the way to gather a crowd. (laughs) John wasn't interested in gathering a crowd. He was interested in proclaiming truth. And what upset John, I believe, is that the people that were coming, certain of the leaders of the religious folks at the time, were pretending to come to fit in with the wave of what was going on. They wanted to be part of the cutting edge of the hot new thing, but they really weren't living it out. And so there was a discord or a break between what they were saying publicly and how they were behaving. And that really annoyed John the baptizer. And he called him out on it. And I think that's a fair thing to do. When people proclaim one thing and live another way, somebody's got to stand up and say, hey, the emperor's naked. There's no clothes on here. This is not good. This is not right. Which is what John was doing. But I have to tell you in all honesty, it gives me great joy and I'm humbled to be part of this community at this time. Because this week, we can celebrate three wonderful ways that we are trying to live out what we proclaim. We are in the process of making our Morton Street house what could be a parsonage. Instead of renting it out for money to bring in extra funds, which we can always use, we're in the process of moving a Ukrainian refugee family into that house this week. The wisdom of counsel has led us to this place. The people have had a chance to respond. There are few details yet to be worked out, but the great hope is that this week a refugee family will be dwelling in our space. And we're working to make that happen, which is in great harmony with who we have been as a faith community for at least several decades. I know when Pam Shepard was here, we did many things to help those who needed help. When Laura uh, or Diane Hagee came as our interim, we continued that. While Christina was here as pastor, we continued that. And so we proclaim we're for the marginalized and the outcast. We say that publicly. And here is evidence of we're trying to live out what we say. And I think John the Baptist, were he to show up here today, he'd say something like, Not bad for a bunch of Democrats. You folks are doing all right. We're trying. We're not perfect. Look, I know many of you personally. I know you're not perfect. But we're trying to live out what we proclaim. And that is worthy of celebration. And secondly, our, our friend Ken Brown died this week. And John, as I say, was spectacular in caring for this man. And we as a community gathered around them. We visited, we brought food, we made sure there was heat. We spent time. That's worthy of celebration. We're caring for each other in a beautiful way. We're trying to live out what we proclaim. Oh, my goodness. That's as good as it gets, kids. And then this morning, we get to celebrate this wonderful soul in our midst, this gift of God to us, T.G. Phillips, and all that she has done with others, with Wendy and Linda and so many others to help hold everything together in the beginning of this interim time. And so we want to celebrate that we, stumble-bumbling around as we are, are trying to live out what we proclaim. And that is beautiful and that is worthy of celebration. Thich Nhat Hanh in that same book I referenced earlier says that you enter the path of transformation when you begin to practice the things you pronounce. And so this morning I can report to us as a community, as the interim pastor I can say, we're really working at reconciliation and transformation, we're really trying to live out what we say. And that's a beautiful thing. And I am humbled and honored to be a part of that. Amen.